It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Our toll-free number here in the garden, 800-823-8255. Good morning. I am Ron Wilson, your personal yard boy. We are talking about yarding. Glad to have you on board uh, with us this morning as we uh, start to move our way through the month of January. A great month for anticipating, planning, getting ready, dreaming about what you're going to do in the spring, summer, and fall. Gardening, yardening, whatever it's going to be. 2021. Now's the time to get your plans in place. What are you going to do? What are you going to plant this year? Aren't you excited? Doesn't it make you get, I get goosebumps. January and February, I get goosebumps thinking about all the great things we're going to be doing uh, when the spring, the weather finally breaks and we get back outside and start to, to uh, work in the yard and garden again. It's always, it's fun. I mean, let's face it, it's a good time. And there were so many folks that got involved with it in 2020 because of the COVID, being at home, you know, the whole nine yards. I'm looking forward to having them go out for two years in a row now and getting more involved with it and, and expanding more and growing more and, you know, more landscaping and planting more trees and planting more native plants and, and, and pollinator plants and, you know, just the whole nine yards. And so now's the time we start thinking about all the great things we're going to do. As a matter of fact, I, this is the time we start, you know, using those catalogs to, you know, as a little inspiration to get out there and see what's going to be out there, to inspire you a little bit. Some are good for good information. Some are not so good for information. Kind of be careful there sometimes. But, uh, you know, it, it really just can be a very exciting time. Every time a new catalog shows up at my office, I'm excited to see what they have in there. It's You know, it's always fun to see. And some folks will say, well, I... I don't get many catalogs anymore because I don't order from catalogs. I go to my local independent garden center. Great. And that's what we want you to do. Support those local independent garden centers. Make sure that they've, you know, if you find something in a catalog or something you're looking for, seed pack or a plant or something that um, you were thinking about ordering online, go to your local independent garden center first and check with them to see if they grow it, sell it, or going to have it you know, whatever. And if not, why not? Now, you can't have everything. As a matter of fact, if you look at all the new plants that come out every year, your head just, my head just spins because you can't grow everything. You can't have everything that's available out there. Did you say your hedge spins? My hedge just spins. Yeah, my hedge does, as a matter of fact. It uh, just spins around. And so, you know, it's uh, it's crazy. So you check with your local independent garden center. In many cases, some of the plants that are out there that are being marketed that you see that really look good, even with the proven winners and things like that, proven winners don't all grow right in the same locations all around the United States. Um, so, you know, they have to try to market in different areas the, the best proven winners for that area. 
Well, that's where your local growers come in because they have seen the trials, they've grown them themselves, whatever it may be, to know what is best for your particular zone, your particular location. So, you know, make your list, get your plans together, then check with your local independent garden center, find out what they're going to have, what they're not going to have, why aren't they going to have it. In some cases, it's because it doesn't do well in your particular area. And then take it from there. And if it's something you want to give a try and they're not going to have it, then you order it through the mail order or order it, you know, whatever. But um, but check with them first. But it's always great inspiration, and there are so many catalogs available today. It's crazy. So point being is if you're looking for catalogs, um, a lot of folks will say, well, how do I, where do I go to find gardening catalogs, seed catalogs, and plant catalogs? Many years ago, I found a resource online. It was called Cindy, I think it was called Cindy's Catalog of Catalogs List. Cindy's Catalog of Catalog List or something like that. And this Cindy, and we actually had her on her show, which kind of surprised her that we had her on, but on her own had put this list together, the most comprehensive list of gardening catalogs that I have ever seen. It just went on forever and the link there to, to take you to them. And she did it on her own. Well, uh, she updated it for a year or two, and then it seemed like it didn't get updated for a while. And as I Googled that uh, this just a couple weeks ago to see if it was still out there, it takes me to other websites that seems to have absorbed that list and now have their own. And uh, there's a couple sites that are really good, one of which um, I think is probably the best one to go to. It's gardensavvy.com. Garden Savvy, S-A-V-V-Y, GardenSavvy.com, have taken that Cindy's list and incorporated it into their website. GardenSavvy.com is a gardening information website, um, and they have a listing for catalogs that is phenomenal. I also found it on RuralSprout.com, R-U-R-A-L Sprout.com. TheSpruce.com has several links on there for you. Chestnut. Slash SW.com has several links for you for catalogs. But I think GardenSavvy.com is probably your best source to go just to find about just about any seed and gardening catalog that's out there today. I think they have a link for it. Again, GardenSavvy.com. But I look at catalogs as great inspiration to get me fired up, to get me thinking about what I'm going to do. In some cases, I can use it for the information. Johnny Seeds... Uh, they have great charts in there. They they do an outstanding job. Burpee catalogs are always good catalogs. Um, rare uh, rare seeds. A uh, uh, Baker Creek. I'm reaching back behind me here because I I brought it in with me because it's an unbelievable catalog. You want to talk about inspiration? If you can get a Baker Creek heirloom seeds catalog, it's phenomenal. They go out and they collect seeds from all around the world, and the the pictures, the illustrations in here, the information's outstanding. It's good. Uh, and just stuff that you don't find anywhere else. It's very, very unusual heirloom seeds, but it's called Baker Creek Heirloom Seeds. What a great catalog. But Johnny Seeds, uh, great, great information. They have charts, planting charts for you, uh, microgreens charts in there. Um, I always use Johnny's, it's, and like I say, it's a good reference, a catalog for you. If you're looking at fruits and berries, look at Indiana Berry, indianaberry.com. And that's a good mail order. If you can't find the berries that you're looking for at your independent garden center, go to indianaberry.com. That's uh, They do a good job. Someone recommended that to me from OSU Extension many years ago, and uh, they do. They do a wonderful job. And then one that I've always I've always loved, if you ever tried growing onions and have had not had, not had good success, 
Um, the bigger onions, not just green onions, but the larger onions. Uh, Dixon Dale Farms, Dixon Dale Farms out in Texas. And if you remember, we had Bruce on uh, with us in the fall talking about he's the onion man, talking about growing onions. Um, their catalogs, and they, they send something out about once a month, I think, and plus they have their newsletter, is outstanding. You'll learn more about growing larger onions from this than I think I have anywhere. Dixondale, Dixondale, D-I-X-O-N, Dixondale Farms, uh, and I think it's DixondaleFarms.com, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, go to their website, DixondaleFarms.com, and get the catalog. And what's interesting about this is it, you know, it tells you the, the uh, varieties of onions that do best in your particular zone. Long day, short day, m- you know, in the middle, the Midwest onions. There are different ones for different zones, depending on your day length during the summertime. And then, of course, great uh, great tips on how to grow them as well, shallots and leeks and whole nine yards. And when we had him on, uh, Bruce, he from Dixondale Farms, uh, I learned stuff from him that, that for that half-an-hour interview that I, I had no idea um, about growing larger onions. So, again, some of these are just absolutely great information and for ordering if your local independent garden center does not have those particular selections. One thing that Dixondale has been promoting, and he did the last couple of catalogs, where we're growing these in raised beds. You know, we talk about raised beds and container gardening, and you can grow, you know, my, my theory has always been if you can grow it in the ground, chances are you can grow it in a container, and chances are even better than growing in the ground. Well, they show uh, have had uh, some real good results and showed some of their uh, customers growing these uh, larger onions in raised beds along the side of their house where, you know, you don't have anything planted there, but it's a nice sunny location, side of the barn or out in the regular raised bed, um, and just have that whole bed dedicated to growing those larger onions and just doing an absolutely outstanding job. I mean, think about it. You control everything, the moisture, you control the type of soil, and they like a good um, friable soil, good good loamy soil. So, you know, you can really control it and come up with some uh, some nice uh, growing situations for onions. But anyway, it's called Dixon Dale Farm, so be sure and check that out. I've been doing it for 108 years. But, again, so many great catalogs out there, great inspiration for you. Always check with your local independent garden center before you order anything to see if they're going to have it first. Uh, and if you do, buy it from them. If not, then you go on mail order. But if you're looking for the 2021 catalogs, Garden Savvy. Dot com has an extraordinary list of catalogs, and I think it has just basically absorbed the old Cindy's catalog of garden lists, and uh, it's there now at gardensavvy.com. Quick break. We come back. We'll jump back into the gardening phone lines. We've got them open for you. Have lots of tips to share with you as well. 800-8... Oh, by the way, before we take a break, talking earlier with the gentleman at the end of the last hour about that uh, um, crepe myrtle scale. The crawlers are active in late April through May. So you could use that horticultural oil that you would have used for dormant oil as a crawler control. So you would spray probably two times during late April and through May, two times, maybe three times, seven to ten days apart. And that's one of the most effective ways to go after that particular scale. The thing about scale is you have to know what kind it is, and they're all attacked differently as far as processes of getting them under control or suppressing them. Uh, So you have to know which one it is, and then they're a little bit different. So that's the way you would handle that particular one for your crepe myrtle scale. All right, now, quick break. We come back. 800-823-8255. Taking your calls here in the garden with Ron Wilson. 
How is your garden growing? Call Ron now at 1-800-823-TALK. You're listening to In the Garden with Ron Wilson. Welcome back. You're in the garden with Ron Wilson. Again, that toll-free number, 800-823-8255, talking about yardening. Um, As we, uh, of course, we're uh, moving into uh, January, through January now, and before you know it, you know what's going to be Groundhog Day. And then once it's Groundhog Day, then we go right through February, Valentine's, and then we're into it. Then we're back into it, and it goes in a hurry, no doubt about it. A couple things here. I had uh, this time of the year, and I had a couple of them this week, which said, you know, they're going to start going Coming on more and more, folks that have uh, flowering crab apples or even apple trees sometimes, uh, especially in our particular area, can really start to see the effects of apple scab, cedar apple rust on crab apples. And it can really, and, and apples as well, but on crab apples especially. You planted that crab apple or two or three crab apples in your landscape looking for the spectacular spring color. And of course, in, in many of the ornamental crab apples today, uh, the, the 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 crab apples are so small, and they hang on into the winter, and then the birds and the wildlife eat them. So they're great all the way around. But uh, and smaller growing trees, you know, typically less than twenty five feet or so. Um, but you know, a lot of folks are faced have been faced for the last several years with either apple scab, you know, where it affects the leaves and they start to shed leaves. And by by August, you got a third of the leaves or a fourth of the leaves left on the tree, and that's about it. Cedar apple rust, we're showing, seeing that all of a sudden uh, showing up on them as well. How do I get rid of it? And sometimes you got both of them on the same on the same crab apple. How do I protect my crab apples from doing that, or else I'm going to cut them down because I'm tired of the leaves all falling and you know, et cetera, et cetera. Well, do remember that. Crab apples can be great ornamental trees, and they really can be. But look at some of the, if you've never planted them before, or you're going to replace some of the old varieties you have there that seem to get apple scab and cedar apple rust. There are newer selections on the market today that are resistant to apple scab or show good resistance to apple scab and cedar apple rust. So be sure and check uh, what you're planting to see if they, by chance, are resistant to those leaf diseases. And even with those that are resistant to it every now and then, if the conditions are really right, can still come up with a little bit of it, but not as bad as some of those that, that are not resistant to those. But anyway, if you've had them, and like I say, a lot of folks have, and they say, you know, I just, I, I, I don't, and I don't want to harm the pollinators, obviously, but I just need to get this kind of suppressed because they just look horrible, and I don't want to keep them in my landscape. Well, you know, you can go after them with uh, applications of fungicides, to try to protect them. And remember, when we use fungicides, in most cases, it's as a preventer, not as a uh, not as a curative. All right? And there's some cases you can, but we're doing it as a, as a preventive uh, spray application. So how do I do that? 
And if you look at the crab apples, the general spraying uh, process would be that you would spray them with a fungicide that would cover apple scab and cedar apple rust right at green tip or right as those buds in the springtime start to show green right at the end of the bud. You can tell. All of a sudden they start to swell and start to open up a little bit, and that's that's where you get that first spraying on there to, to protect them at that point, all right? You may come back again seven to ten days later and do it again. And usually at that point, now all of a sudden they're starting the the flower buds or the yeah, the flower buds are starting to come out. And as the flower buds are coming out, you will stop and you don't spray during that period of time when they're in full flower. But once the flower buds start to fall apart, and about eighty percent of them or so have, have started to fall off of the tree, you start back with your fungicidal application again, and you will do that about every ten days or so. And carry that into the early, late, late spring once we get past the, the funky spring weather. So what you're doing is protecting that new growth as it comes out, those new leaves, as they're coming out on the tree. You're protecting it from getting those leaf diseases. So it does take multiple applications. If they are larger trees, you're going to have to have the right uh, spraying equipment to be able to, to get the whole tree. And when you're going to spray... You've got to make sure you, you you do it. You know, you got to coat everything. And when the leaves are coming out, tops and bottoms, and you really coat them well. But remember, you're doing it as a protective, all right, to, pre- to help prevent the uh, the disease from getting on the leaves to a certain point. And if the weather stays bad, cool, humid, uh, gloomy days late into the, to the spring and into the early summer, you might have to keep on a little bit longer. But it's about an every 10-day or so application of the fungicide starting at green tip Green tip meaning the bud showing up green right at the very ends. Stop during full petal open on the bloom so we're not affecting the pollinators and the, and the fruit set. And then after they start to fall apart, you start to program again. Now, if it does rain in there when you've done these doing these applications, you have to come back and reapply. Um, unfortunately, that does happen. But you can suppress it, keep it under minimal conditions, and sometimes pretty much keep them as clean as possible by doing that procedure. But it does take multiple applications, the fungicide, you doing it, and making sure you, you cover. What do I use? Copper is an organic spray that can be used, not as probably as effective as the synthetics, but copper is a possibility. Fertilum's liquid the systemic fungicide, Immunox, Bonides Infuse, Mancozeb. Uh, all, all of them will help you out as far as keeping that suppressed. So keep that in mind. A lot of folks are asking right now, what do I do to try to protect them going in the spring season? There you go. If you didn't catch all that, email me. I'll get it back to you as quickly as I can to help walk you through this uh, pr- protection of your crab apple leaves. 800-823-8255. That's our number here in the garden with Ron Wilson. or not, Ron can help at 1-800-823-TALK. This is In the Garden with Ron Wilson. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back here in the garden with Ron Wilson. Again, that toll-free number, 800-823-8255, talking about yarding. Don't forget our website, ronwilsononline.com, Facebook page in the garden with Ron Wilson. Um, a lot of folks on there, and they will chat back and forth on Saturday mornings as well. And, of course, Joe posts a lot of uh, great info on our website and uh, Facebook page as well, so be sure and check both of them out. By the way, uh, I hope you caught our interview with Kendall Buck this morning, Kendall from uh, Stetson University, um, where they have a lot of uh, their, their entrepreneurship program there. And what's interesting about Kendall, if you didn't catch it, you can catch it on our podcast uh, a little bit later on. But Kendall developed uh, through this program, came up with a um, what's called a uh, an Irby rake. And it's a rake that you use in the kitchen. Her dad was a chef. And she said the family, when they would cook together, uh, they always got involved with uh, helping to – they did a lot of uh, cooking with herbs and things like that, fresh herbs and all. And somebody got stuck with always pulling the leaves off or the, the needles off the rosemary or whatever and, uh, you know, became kind of a, you know, who wants to do – it was a chore. And so her mom had an idea, and, and she had the idea, and they came together, worked together, and after many prototypes came up with what's called the Irby rake, and it's a rake with two different heads on it. And you rake it across the herbs, and it helps to either pull the needles off or pull the leaves off. And the the, the grids on the each side of the, of the rake depends on what you're trying to, the size of the leaves and things you're pulling off. Anyway, it's a great story where there's, here's the student, university student, developed this product, all the prototypes, then went and did the, uh, the uh, GoFundMe, the Kickstarter, not GoFundMe, Kickstarter. And had folks that supported her, and then she actually got it in production and and is now actually uh, making them, packaging them, and selling them. And it's the Irby Rake, and it's pretty cool. And it's a, got a thumbs up from our herbalist, Rita Heikenfeld. So check it out. It's at IrbyRake.com. If you haven't ordered yours yet, order just because you're supporting this student, uh, if anything at all. But it's uh, it's pretty cool. So, uh, again, learn more about it at IrbyRake.com. Dot com. Great story. Uh, I love stories like that, inspirational stories uh, where, you know, especially with this, a, a college student and uh, and taking it to the next level and uh, coming up with his rake for uh, for indoor use. So, And it stopped the uh, family fights at home, by the way, so they don't fight about uh, who's going to have to. Uh, now everybody wants to because they get to use their herby rake to pull the leaves and things off of their herbs. So turn the fight into a fight to see. Who, of course, they all get their herby rake, so. You know, there's no fight anymore. Who gets to do it? So, I also saw an interesting uh, way of watering your raised container beds this week. Someone sent me this, and I thought it was absolutely outstanding. I'm hoping I can describe it to you, and if not, I'll have Joe post this. But someone on a um, like it's a detached garage, so the roof on this this building is not as much as a regular house, but they have a, a, the downspouts and the gutters at the at the edges of it, so you get a, some runoff there, obviously. What they did was they took and made a four by, oh, it looks like it's probably about 10 or 12 feet long uh, planter bed, raised bed on the back corner of this detached garage. 
And where the downspout comes down, stick with me here, they put a uh, a shutoff and then a, a uh, an access where the water will actually dump into the the planter bed so they can either go down and go out the drain or turn it so it goes into the planter bed. But what they did where it goes into the planter bed, all right, so it's a raised box, 4 by 10 or 12 feet long, is right in the middle of it on the top. They put a 6-inch wide trough, and it's made out of wood, and it has, uh, I think it's lined with rubber, and then it has gravel in it. And there are some, very sparingly, a few holes poked in the bottom so it can drain out the bottom. But for the most part, as the rain comes down, the gutter spills into this trough that runs down the middle of the raised planter bed. All right, it's filled with gravel. It fills up. It's only about, looks like it's about two inches deep. Fills up and then spills over the sides, watering, the equally watering the entire planter bed. And you've got about a 18-inch planting room on both sides of this trough. And they've got, looks like they've got some green, early greens in there and some tomatoes. They've got all kinds of stuff in this planter. But it fills up the trough. It spills over the sides and waters, and then when it stops raining, then what's left in that trough slowly drips out the bottom and the few holes that are scattered evenly across the planter bed to drain out through the bottom. So it it automatically waters when it rains the entire bed. I thought it was a great idea. Instead of using a rain barrel, you just dump it right into the bed itself. And then there's a switch to turn it back off to put it back down in case you have rain every day. You don't need all that rainfall in the bed. Um, you can switch it to go back down to the drain. What a great idea. And anytime you come up, if anybody comes up with ideas like this, let us know about it so we can share it with other people. Um, but this is a, I just looked at this for a while and said, oh my gosh, that is perfect. But again, it's watering with a trough right across the entire top of the four by, uh, looks like about 10 or 12 feet long uh, bed. Spills over the sides, drains out the bottom in very small holes. You can shut it off, turn it on, whichever way, if it's uh, raining too much. Uh, and what a great natural way to uh, water your vegetable garden. And it's about 24 inches off the ground, so you could actually sit on the sides of it to work or do whatever. Um, the only thing I would say that's missing on this is the PVC pipe shaped in hoops across the top. So you can cover it over with uh, plastic or with netting to keep the critters out during the summer and plastic to extend your seasons uh, in the spring and in the fall. And I'm telling you, if you do raised planter beds, and I hope you do, that this January and February, as you're dreaming about what you're going to do this spring and summer and fall, uh, in your landscape, whatever it may be, but in your vegetable garden for vegetables, that you know, you're going to include raised planter beds, first of all, get it up out of the ground, it's the best way to grow, and then... Add the, a way to put PVC pipe. You can use an inch to two, uh, inch and a half flexible PVC pipe that you can bend from one side to the other, anchor it down, and create these hoops on the top of your planter bed so that they stay there all the time. And in the springtime or late winter, early spring, you can put plastic over the top and start your greens early. Uh, guess what? You can start your tomatoes and peppers earlier in there as well because you're keeping it warmer and keeping it drier. And you can also extend the season late into the fall by doing the same thing. And then in the summertime, you take that off. And if you're growing greens, you can put shade cloth on the top, keep it shaded. If you've got other vegetables in there to keep protect them from the critters, you put netting over the top of it and protect them from the critters. So you, it's a great way to go. So don't leave out the PVC pipe on the top of your raised beds. It really 
does add a whole new dimension to your gardening capabilities by doing that. All right, so keep that in mind. And if you don't have room for raised beds, container gardening, just a, a smaller version of doing it in raised beds. But I'm telling you, raised beds, the investment and all, it's the only way to grow. So keep that in mind. But again, this was a great idea. Um, I didn't catch the name of the particular person that did it, but running that uh, running that trough down the middle of the planter bed with access from the drain spout from the gutter and being able to switch it on and off, I thought was an absolutely wonderful, wonderful idea. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We come back, we'll do a little home improvement from the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Gary Sullivan. Again, don't forget our, our website, ronwilsononline.com, Facebook page in the Garden with Ron Wilson. And don't forget to order your herb rake at herbyrake.com. Quick break, we come back. Home improvement with Gary Sullivan here in the Garden with Ron Wilson. Landscaping made easier with your personal yard boy. He's in the garden, and he's Ron Wilson. Welcome back. You're in the garden with Ron Wilson. Time for the man, the myth, the legend, the most listened to home improvement show host in the entire solar system. Ladies and gentlemen, his website is GarySullivanOnline.com. His name just happens to be not online.com, but Gary Sullivan. Good morning. And a happy morning to you, sir. Happy morning. Did you order your uh, Irby rake yet? No. Why not? Well, I, I have to admit, I heard you talking about that when you went to break. Mm-hmm. But I didn't hear you talking about it before, so I may be the only one in Cincinnati that does not know what a herby rake is. Well, you cook a lot, and I know you do. I and, do, and you uh, use a lot of fresh herbs. I do. Young lady who was uh, in college developed a uh, a rake, a gardening kitchen tool to rake off the leaves or the uh, the uh, needles from rosemary or whatever with this uh-huh. new little herby rake. Well, nice. And she's in college and. It's, the story's kind of neat because she developed this. Her dad was a chef, and um, she and her mom had this idea. So they, you know, the, the new thing with the 3D printers, you can make so many different things. Right. So she kept coming up with these prototypes of this Irby rake until she got it just right. One side has certain size rake, and the other side has another size rake for depending on what herbs you're using. And she got the funding and all of that and uh, with the entrepreneurship program. And now has her herbyrake.com available for folks to buy. And it was Very a great nice. great story, and it's a really cool tool. Go back and listen to the podcast, Gary. So you go back and listen well, to the podcast. And learn I will. Well, what I a- will, because she could become the next, next Elon Musk. Could. Yes. You never because know. Because it always starts with something. It does. And yes. you know, and, and think how not easy it is, because she was talking about how hard it is to get a product out like that, but how much easier it is today than it used to be. Oh, you know, absolutely. And I know you get, you know, exposed to a lot of different new products mm-hmm. like the Herbie, Herbie Rake. Mm-hmm. And um, so do I. And, and, you know, back in the day, I, I not to crush people's dreams, but I'd say the easy part was inventing it. Getting it to market is the hard part. 
But now with the uh, you know online online selling and Amazon and all that, that part's you know not that hard. You right. Get it up there and kind of start spreading the word, and good yep. things happen. Yeah. So it's a good story and it's a good product and uh, kind of cool. So I want you after your show today mm-hmm. to go online and check it out. Irby Rake. I will do that. And by the way, I was thinking of you because I know uh, how you like things really spicy. I do like spicy food. Uh, and I, you've probably gone to this website before. We've Not as a, spicy as you, though. Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of backing off of that. Pepper Joe. Pepper, Pepper Joe. Pepper Joe's a really cool website. They, they all you, you want to know about peppers, go to Pepper Joe. And actually, Pepper Joe's niece is now running Pepper Joe's. But anyway. <laughs> um, Pepper Joe had too many peppers. He's still around, but she's okay. kind of taking over the business. But uh, they just came out with their new Bloody Mary mix. Ooh. It's Carolina Reaper. Oh, my gosh. Bloody Mary mix. Can you imagine? No, you can't swallow it. <laughs> no. why, would you, why would you do that? I don't know, but it's uh, it's available, and it is the world's hottest Bloody Mary mix. You know, the problem is that really hot stuff. I mean, there is a fine line from taste to a point where it's so hot you can't even taste it. Well, that's where that, that comes in. And you know what? I And I've always said this, and I think I even told you that. You know, when the ghost pepper came along... Many years ago, it revolutionized hot peppers. Right. And it was that million Scoville units. Nobody had ever heard of a million Scoville units out of one pepper. But the thing about the ghost pepper is that it actually smells and tastes really good for about a sixteenth of a second. <laughs> and then your head explodes. Then, then, then you drink a lot of milk, lay down, and hope oh my you're not gosh. pass away. But when you got <laughs> into this, like this Carolina Reaper... Which is two and a half million oh Scoville God. units. Which one did you eat? The, both of them. Well, I did the ghost when it first came out, but then I oh. came back and followed up with the Carolina Reaper, oh. which darn near killed me. Oh yeah. Um, there's no flavor. Yeah. No. It's, it's just it's, there's no flavor there. But I the, agree. There's someone that will argue that with you, though. I oh, I'm sure they that, will. But I agree with you. But the but the ghost pepper actually smelled great. You wanted to just eat it because it smelled so good, right. and it did have a, a kind of a citrusy pepper flavor for again sixteenth of a second. And yeah, so. yeah. So where you know these peppers you're always talking about, Ron? Where, I mean, where do you get those, or do you just grow them? I mean, or maybe like markets or something. You you're not gonna s- find it at your grocery store. Right? Nah, you do. You know, you'll still see habaneros and those in there, and those are still. I mean. T- Strong enough. 200,000 Scoville units. I mean, yeah. give me a break. Strong enough. But you'll see, you know, garden centers are now, There's a, they have that special line. I mean, it, that's the trend now. The hotter, the better. Uh-huh. And like us, we'll grow seven or eight varieties, of, including Carolina Reaper, that are a million Scoville units to two hundred two and a half million Scoville units. So we'll grow the plants, and they're easy to grow at home, high producers, so... They're out and there. And then when you cut those, you got to be very careful with your hands. Well, you know what? <laughs> I I take I usually take a Carolina Reaper plant with me to Garden Talks and say this is the world's hottest pepper. And I finish by saying whoever takes this home today, it's not a joke. Cuz it really isn't a joke. Right. You don't just throw that in somebody's salad right. and sit back and laugh and you don't just pick those off without putting gloves on right. and, and glasses cuz it can really burn you. Oh yeah. So, I mean, even with a habanero, if you cut those and you oh, yeah. scratch your eye, I mean, that's going to be painful. Do it for with a, a jalapeno, bit. and that's twenty five hundred. Yeah. Scoville oh units. my gosh. So anyway, I thought of you when I saw the Carolina Reaper <laughs> Bloody Mary mix. Wow. Woo, doggies! Wow, I'll stick with my sullies. Yeah, I'll stick with your sullies you know, as well. Chocolate and you know Bailey's cream. I, uh, uh, that's a little uh, more my speed. Bourbon Trace. Yeah. Either one. <laughs> Either one. Whatever the case may be. So, so uh, did you get your uh, seed catalog yet? 
I've gotten so many seed catalogs. It's been phenomenal. Because this is going to be a good seed year, right? It's going to be a great seed year. As a matter of fact, you know, a lot of garden centers ran out of seeds yeah. this past spring because everybody was started to grow things from seed uh, because the COVID thing, that, you know, that all started right at that time. Right. And so, man, the seed racks went out in a flash. So <laughs> I would say that if you're ordering from catalogs, you probably should maybe jump on it a little bit earlier than usual. Just so what what about um, the plants that growers are growing? Maybe not yet, but I mean, you know, the tomatoes and things like that. When you go to the store and buy the plants, mm-hmm. uh, can be a shortage of those. You think? Um, you know what? What's good is that we were able, the thing about annuals like that, like tomatoes and peppers, and then is that you can jump early enough if you see a, a you know an indication of of quicker sales, you can jump and sow more seeds or buy more rooted plants. And continue to increase your – because three weeks down the road, you could have plants big enough to sell. Right. So you can make adjustments. But, yeah, last year, vegetable plants were definitely uh, a shortage in many cases yeah. uh, for places that didn't grow their own. They were, had to, mm-hmm. you know, supply on other growers. So, yeah, you'll see an increase. And then uh, we talked with the president of Bonnie Plants. They sell plants all across the nation and east of the Mississippi. And, uh, you know, they're definitely uh, anticipating a major increase and purchase I would of sure think herbs so. and vegetables and all of that. So I you talk to the CEOs. I talked to the rabbits in my front yard the other day, <laughs> and they're looking for a big year too. Are they? Yeah. And, they said And not Mrs. Sullivan's shoes flying. No, out. no, they're looking, you know, they're thinking about maybe expanding their family and they're they're looking for big things this year in the suburbs. So so we can start to assume through research that when we increase our vegetable gardens, you'll also see an increase in rabbit populations. That is very true. The Godfather. Yeah, I haven't seen him for a day or two. He's kind of where do ribs go when it gets really cold? Uh, they hunker down. Yeah, get down there. That or the track, and they keep running around to stay warm. I know that. Uh, or keep moving. Yeah. Yeah. So don't freeze. <laughs> so, are we going to talk about home improvement today? You know, I think we are. are you? All kind of cooped up in the house, and what we're going to talk about is indoor air quality, and um, you know, not just necessarily with viruses, but just all the off gassing of different. Uh, you know, mattresses and uh, furniture and carpets and some paints and, you know, and our homes are tighter and really, according to the EPA, our indoor air quality is worse than outdoor air quality. So we're going to have uh, Andre Lacroix on. He is a certified indoor air quality specialist, sits on many boards, and we're going to find out all about indoor air quality and take a few calls too. And what we can do to make ours better? Well, it's all about ventilation for yeah. sure because it's a stack effect. You know, the heavier, more polluted air goes to the, you know, the the basement area or the lowest point in the house, and it just keeps building and building and building until you're ventilating, ventilating, ventilating. But we're gonna, you know, we're we're not gonna just talk about ventilation and just talk about some of the junk we're finding in our air, hmm. and um, and we'll see if it's helpful with viruses or anything like that also. But we'll have him on. At the top of the second hour, we'll keep him for about an hour. So we're going to do a lot of home improvement. Well, and this is a good time to be doing that uh, as well. Yep. And, of course, with uh, with that, with the house being all closed up with it being wintertime, yeah, the smell is a major issue. Sure. And I'm going to continue talking about weather stripping and sealing our houses up even tighter. What? But there's a happy balance, just like there is with everything. Well, I was going to say, wait a second. You said they're already too tight. Yep. Well, some are. Some are not. But we'll still tighten up the loose ones, but we got to talk about ventilation, too. So Got it. It's all about insulation and ventilation. And it's all about easy, and that's where you'll find Gary Sullivan. Check out his website. It's Gary Sullivan. 
Online.com. Thanks to all of our callers today. Thanks to our sponsors. Thanks, of course, to Danny Gleason, the Durango Kid, because without Danny Gleason, none of this stuff would happen. So, Danny, thank you ever so much for all that you do. Uh, now, do yourself a favor. It's planning time. It's dreaming time. Let's plan and dream about what we're going to plant this spring. Native plants, pollinator plants, plant more trees, plant more vegetables, plant more vegetables than you need so you can donate to the food pantries. Think about that. And by all means, make it the best weekend of your life. See ya. Landscaping made easier with your personal yard boy. He's in the garden and he's Ron Wilson. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.